Welcome to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Petroquin, career transition coach and mindset mentor. I created this podcast to show you that your biography is not your destiny. At any moment, you can take back control of your life and transform it for the better. The way you've been conditioned to think is holding you back from creating your own version of success. If you feel like you're not living to your fullest potential and letting life happening to you instead of for you, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. Uh, it's Estelle, your host. And today I have a, a special guest, Ulrike Seminati. Uh, she is a leadership coach for women. Um, she's also a podcast host, author, and speaker. Um, I have so much respect for, for your career, for everything you do for women, uh, women in business. And yeah, I would just like to know a little bit more about your career journey and your purpose or your career purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have been working in corporations for most of my life. So I have done 23 years as a corporate communications leader and I have climbed up the whole career ladder. I started as an assistant in the nineties and, and then moved up until I reached uh, the C-level role in an executive committee in an international uh, company in Switzerland. So the whole journey up there and, um, I know how it is to be in these different positions, also in the middle management roles, and it's it's difficult as well. And how it is also when you look at things really from the top of an organization, that was very enlightening for me as well. And what I have seen, and that shaped basically my mission then after that corporate career, is that leaders in general, women in particular, are never at their full potential, very, very rarely, actually, because they limit themselves quite a lot. They are not communi good communicators. They think they cannot be good communicators. So most, most are limited by their own beliefs. And people in the corporate world hesitate a lot to be themselves and think that they have to be someone different so that they fit in, so that they get the next role, so that they be seen as a leader and all of that. And that leads actually to a very awkward situation out there. It's, nobody likes that, but everybody plays the game. And so my mission is really to help people and women in particular, because they do this even more than men, to that they can step into their shoes, be themselves, be bold, and bring their own perspectives to work, and not the perspectives they think they please others. And that is what I what I try to achieve. Make a change. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing, and especially coming from you with all the experience you've got. It's so interesting to hear that because. Um, Personally, from my in my opinion, when I started working in big corporations, it was a nightmare. And I felt exactly what you just described of that feeling of playing a role, not being myself. And I just I, I came to the conclusion that, you know, the corporate world was just not for me. Um, and I think that might be happening to a lot of people. So it's refreshing to get that kind of perspective, that kind of help, you know, from someone who who has been or has had such a big experience in the corporate world and who can say, okay, but we can change that. You don't need to flee the whole corporate world. You can actually make the change from within. So I, I really like that perspective. Um, and how about, how was it for you? Did you always know that you would like to go into that direction in your career or you, it kind of, it, yeah, it came to you, like suddenly you felt like, oh, there's a need there and I think I can help with this. How was it? Yeah, it, 
It came over time, definitely, definitely. Okay. I always knew somehow deep inside of me already in my 20s that one day I want to do my own thing. Okay. But I didn't really know what. And I had a few ideas and none of them was compelling enough to draw my corporate roles. Also because it went well in my corporate life. Not that I felt particularly great, but I was successful. So, you know, the <laughs> rational answer is, yeah, you have to stay here because it's really lucrative, it's really interesting, and it's kind of, it gives you this feeling of safety in a certain way, financial safety at least. Mm -hmm. um, and then, no, it came really when I started to work a lot on internal communications. In the beginning, I did a lot of external, but when I started working more on internal communications, starting working more on the culture of the company and on the leadership styles that are related to this culture and leadership behaviors, this is when I realized how far we are from all these nice and shiny brochures and slogans that internal communications is shaping. It's <laughs> just nice to look at, but at the end, it's so far from reality and this is true for every organization I worked for and everybody wants it and for some reason it's not happening mm -hmm. and this is why I thought well I think I can make a bigger difference if I come from the outside because often as an expert from the outside you listen to yeah. if you're the expert on the inside you have more no credibility so much. <laughs> yeah so that and that's why I decided to step out and to drop everything, which was a bit crazy financially seen, you know, because I was in a good position before. And it was really hard in the first two years, actually. But that's the time you need to build something up. And I had a lot of learning. So I don't regret also to have had a phase where, well, it was a bit harder to plow through, to find my way, to find mm -hmm. my message, to seriously process also what I had learned, because mm -hmm. I need distance from the corporate world, from my own behavior and my own experiences as well, to just take a stance and to take a position towards something different. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And how did you make that transition between working in the, you know, having a high position in a corporate uh, world and then starting your own business? Was it, you know, you completely left your job and you started your business or, you know, it was more smooth and you started your business while still working in your job. Well, how was it for you? So it wasn't smooth at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard job, bam, more or less from one day to another even. And if I had to do it again, or if I recommend people, what they, if they ask me how to do this best, I would rather say make it smooth mm -hmm. because yeah. you need time to find out who you really are and what you stand for, what I just mentioned. And that is not an easy thing. It's not happening in a month. It's not happening in two months. Uh, either you have that mission already your whole life, then it's maybe there. But if you do not have that, it's better to take the time. So I needed then this time without having any salary <laughs> to do different trainings as well, because I thought mm. I need obviously official trainings uh, in coaching methods and all of that. And uh, while doing that, I found more and more what I actually wanted to do. And in the beginning, I was really looking very much into personal development in terms of the whole life, you know, life as such fulfilling life and all of these things, which is a very, very vast field. Mm -hmm. And over time, I realized my passion is really and my knowledge is really in this corporate world piece because I know how people feel in there and feel people feel so uncomfortable in there, like you say, so many. And that can't be. So let's go into this where I really know how it works yeah. and where I more <laughs> concrete situations, yeah, not, not on a um, concept. I'm curious, why is it that women have a harder time being assertive than men? How, like, how does this affect their leadership style or just even in general, their level of satisfaction in their career? 
Yeah, I think it affects it a lot. Now, why? First question, why are they less assertive is a good question. There are certain theories around that. Um, I believe actually in two things. One is still the kind of education we get. So even, even if our parents do not want to educate us as girls, they still do in a certain way here and there. You know, people still have that image of the nice, pretty little girl. And people tell also nice, pretty little girls that they are nice, pretty little girls. And very early on in your life, you shape that picture of being nice, being pretty, mm -hmm. pleasing, basically. That's the point. And pleasing is often in the minds of people the opposite of being assertive. So pleasing is the opposite of saying no, for example. So that's where this comes from. If you look into our own life, back into our own past, but then even further down the road, 20,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, whenever really stone age, old times, yeah, tribes, women at home with the babies, men hunting, there seems to be something some scientists believe that we have some wiring in our brains that are very old because our brain is still the same than 20,000 years ago. Uh, it's not a digital brain, it's a stone age brain. And yeah, that it's brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in this brain, basically, this is where fear of rejection comes from. When we were in the tribes, being rejected was extremely penalizing. It was not just not nice, it was life threatening. Mm -hmm. And for women, particularly, it was death penalty because they were not trained in hunting so much. So they couldn't really feed themselves. It was this dependency that was happening there. This is probably a reason why this fear of rejection is stronger in women than in men. Mm -hmm. And that leads, obviously, again, to the wish to please, to not make waves, yeah, to not, not stand up for themselves too much. And this leads to being less assertive. And at the mm -hmm. end, yeah, saying no is difficult for women. Yeah. yeah. And assertiveness is not just about saying no. Um, I guess it, it's also about um, making yourself heard when you have ideas. Or, for example, I remember in the corporate world going to meetings and the time in between, you know, having the idea and actually raising your hand and saying something, it, I don't know, 10 minutes could pass by, like it was crazy. <laughs> and all the overthinking, you know, in your head of, is this the right thing to say? Am I gonna sound stupid? Uh, but you're right, at the end of the day, all of this comes down to the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. So, That's so exactly it's, it's, it's all connected uh, to that. Um, so as a, as a leadership coach, what does it mean even to lead, you know, what, what is essential to, to be a successful leader? So I think we need to look at it from a perspective in the modern world as well. And it's really time to redefine what a good leader is. And I think it's about giving direction, but also giving meaning. You know, before it was more about giving direction, command control is a really old style, but we are somewhere in between. But the giving meaning is super important. Mm -hmm. And I think a really good leader is not just someone who brings their teams to, uh, to the performance they are asked for. A good leader for me is also someone who really helps the people to develop themselves along the way. So it's not just about the results, it's much more around what is happening along the way. So someone who is able to grow themselves, because that's important too, to be self-reflective, to always try to grow and learn, and to have also a mindset that is installed with their team so that they can grow the people and give them just more space to breathe and much more space to, yeah, to develop themselves, to have their own mm -hmm. ideas, to co-create decisions. And it's a much more difficult leadership style. It's more complex. Yeah, yeah it takes so more time. 
Yes, it takes more time, definitely. In a way, it's a bit like being a parent, you know, it's creating that encouraging environment and being the role model for your employees, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. It's like really nurturing your team, mm -hmm. not just pushing them to going the extra mile or motivating them to going the extra mile. That's not enough anymore. And in the long run, it will be less and less enough. So, so people really have to change how they want to, uh, what kind of leader they want to be. And I think organizations start to change as well. It will take another 10, 20 years, I think, that we see a real shift mm -hmm. because some old leadership starts just need to go. Yeah. And uh, at some point, things will, will be different. I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> I am as well. Um, so how do you, what are the tools you use or the methodologies you use for, with your clients for them to become better leaders? Um, and not just leaders within their company, but also for themselves, because I think that's a very interesting notion that you uh, address as well in your work. It's the self-leadership piece, right? Yes. Yeah, that's super important. And that is actually the first thing I start with. And it's the most difficult step. It's really telling people you have a decision to make. And your first decision to make is that you step out of being a victim of your circumstances because you feel like that. You feel like that you have a bad boss. It's not a good company, whatever, whatever situation is. And step out of this victim mode and take over full responsibility for where you are right now, for where you are right now. That's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> not blaming anyone else for that and then also taking the ownership of the future and that is hard and you have to do it again and again because it's so comfortable to slip back into this victim perspective because mm -hmm. things are happening to you that's true but still you have a choice to make how you react to it and this is where you can take the mastery so that's for me the first thing you you accept and acknowledge okay i am the boss in my life <laughs> i'm my own ceo i always call the chief empowerment officer like that <laughs> and i am mastering my life so that's very important and the hardest step by the way really um to mm -hmm. maintain in this step as well and then i create i help them to create the awareness they need about themselves and that's awareness in the positive sense but also in the limiting sense so the positive things obviously is all all your strengths seeing yourself from another perspective not just from your own self-critical perspective but from other perspectives and accept that the other perspective can it be as real as your own you think mm -hmm. yours is the reality but that's not true anything can be the reality And so very hard to get somehow, but once you got it, mm. it's really, really eye-opening. And, and then very importantly, I really look into what is there in a glass ceiling. That's the limitations. You said a lot of limitations to yourself. We all do that. We have financial limitations about how much we deserve to earn, mm. which success we deserve. And this, this whole deserving piece also comes in and, and all the other limiting beliefs that you might have around where you're at in your career right now, where you can be potentially opening the horizon, hating the glass ceiling, maybe even breaking you through at some point, but at least getting <laughs> up, up, up somewhere so that you have more air where you can move, yeah, that you can develop into mm -hmm. another space, at least that. Yeah, and I'm using a lot of different methods, basically. It's, it's really about just questioning uh, the people, normal coaching techniques, but also visualizations. I do a lot, meditative mm -hmm. styles, mm -hmm. introspections, these kind of things, like little audi audios, which I sometimes uh, just record, or sometimes I do them live, simply you close your eyes and I tell you things, and to just rewire something in you and, and these kind of things. So I mix a lot of different learning styles as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I, I, if I get you well, you always start with the self-leadership part, uh, which means really 
you know, being the first one to believe in yourself, basically, and rewriting your story, you know, taking all, all the stories that happened in the past about you, your career, your potential, what you're capable of and all that, and, and rewriting it in a way that is going to actually support you, right? Um, once you do that, and the person, let's say, feels already more in control, more empowered, um, and they feel more confident, Um, and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, or maybe they even get the role, the higher position, the next step, they get the promotion. At this point, what, how can they behave? What can they do in terms of actions in order to start being a better leader towards others? It's about still being aware of what you are doing. What is new? What is new in this new role? How do you behave differently? Observing yourself. What I find really powerful, and this is super, super simple, is to do like a check-in and check-out every day for yourself. Mm -hmm. Taking five minutes in the morning or even 10 if you can. <laughs> you can, actually, if you decide to do that. <laughs> so just taking a bit of time, really, but every morning, not just once a week and here and there, because that's not, that's not making the change. The change is happening if every single day you make a little check-in into yourself and you realize what are my ongoing underlying emotions today. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a new leadership role, you might here and there there will be waves of anxiety coming potentially because it's out of your comfort zone there's a new challenge on another person in your team who is becoming difficult whatever many situations can pop up just really be aware if you are in this anxious mode in this worry mode or something like that and just acknowledging it you don't have to do anything about it directly but the sheer fact that you do like uh, an inventory of your emotions ah there's a bit of enthusiasm okay there's a bit of joy because there's a meeting this afternoon I'm excited for that but there's also anxiety I just this and then at the end of the day making a check out again how do you feel you know is it different like in the morning um and the the famous thing that everybody says with so few people do be, be grateful for the little moments of success that you had mm -hmm. what i also doing myself by the way and it helps me greatly i'm, I'm having a success journal for example mm -hmm. and i'm writing down little successes the little smallest ones i will write down this podcast it was yeah. a nice experience felt great we'll just write it down and just by writing it you anchor it within you and the sheer volume of things will make that over time you you continue to grow you you do not stagnate mm -hmm. and you will feel after four or five months without realizing that you have grown that actually you have grown because suddenly you find yourself in a similar situation like four months ago and you will remember wow four months ago I wasn't really strong in that situation yet mm -hmm. but this time I'm, feel, I'm feeling super comfortable like by miracle yeah yeah <laughs> but you worked on yourself basically yeah no it's really yeah it's really about being more self-aware basically and I really like what you said of checking in and out with yourself every single day that's really something I teach my clients how to do as well that you know self-connection is so important because If you're not aware of what's happening behind the scenes, you know, what's happening in your subconscious, it's really hard to be in control because then everything is kind of, it's your subconscious, like driving, being in the driver's seat and, and you're not really aware of, of what's going on. Whereas when you know, when you check in with your emotions and you know what's going on, you're like, okay, how can I make this better? Or how can I feel better? Or or change my perspective on it so that I make it more positive for myself, right? Um, so, so I really love that because these are all tools that I think are very present in the coaching world in general, 
but they're so useful for every kind of situation at the end of the day. <laughs> you know? And in leadership, even more, because you need to be the role model. So I think when you're the one who needs to inspire others, um, it's so important to have that sort of emotional awareness and resilience as well that you build over time. Yes, it's about being grounded in yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're a leader, even more than in any other role, certainly if you're a parent, it's different as well. It's all of one of these very important roles. But I think, yes, as a leader, you, you say it, it's a, you're a role model and people follow you and they need to mm -hmm. feel good with you and they feel safe with you because you feel safe with yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to feel safe with yourself, feeling grounded, being tr trusting yourself. That's even beyond self-confidence. It's deep trust, which you can create takes also time and it's a decision it's not just you have to be stronger i have more competencies or more diplomas or i don't know what it's really about accepting that yes i can trust myself i can i do dot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's like that famous phrase they always say you have to believe in yourself first before others believe in you like that's it's just you know it's very cliche but it's so true um and and as you said it's not a thing of having another degree, having another position in the company, having this, having that, having like, you cannot wait for these things to happen in order for you to feel more confident. You need, it's a decision. I, I really like that you said that. Um, now, crucial question, can anyone be a leader? <laughs> That's a very good one. And um, I think, yes, everyone can if they want to. What I believe is that there are certainly some profiles who are less or for them, it's more difficult to be a leader. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, someone who is um, very harmony driven, who likes a lot to be part of a group and who just doesn't, does not want to stand out, then most likely you even don't want to be a leader can be. Yeah. And that's probably perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But if you have such a profile and you still want to be a leader, then certainly there is something in you that helps you to do that. Because if not, you wouldn't have that wish even. So I think if you have the wish to be a leader, you also have the means. And for some people, it's a little bit more difficult because they think, and again, I think it's just a belief, they believe that they don't have the right profile. You know, if they're not these very assertive and upfront and extroverts and all of mm -hmm. that, they think, oh, no, I'm really an introvert. I'm pretty shy in speaking up. Uh, everything happens in my mind, but I have so much difficulties to, to bring this to, mm -hmm. out to the world. I can't do that. But they can. It takes a bit more time to learn how. And it's not about becoming the opposite. It's not about becoming the extrovert. It's not be about becoming outspoken and totally different. It's about building on their profile like they are and being a great introvert leader. Why not? which can be a very inspiring person. I've met some introverts who are the best leaders ever because mm -hmm. they're very reflected. They're very posed and very calm people sometimes, mm -hmm. which is really nice as well to have someone like that. Yeah. As a leader. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that in every profile there is something and I do wish to be a leader is there. You have somewhere the baggage, mm -hmm. <laughs> the means you have them somewhere. If not, you wouldn't have that wish. So it's possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. If you want to be a leader, you can be one and you can be, and it doesn't mean being someone else. You can be yourself and you can take your, your biggest strengths and, you know, your personality and all of that. And, and basically kind of like, I don't know, how can I say, just becoming like the best version of yourself. Again, it sounds very cliche, but it's, it's really like taking those strengths and all that and, and expand it. To, yeah. to a point where, you know, you can really feel safe about who you are and, and you can uh, feel comfortable 
having others, you know, look at you and, and get inspired by you because it's it's also that, you know, it's, it's what you said is it's getting visible basically. And it doesn't mean that you need to be loud in order to be visible. I think yeah. it's, it's just, yeah, again, putting yourself out there and, and communicating your ideas. What about communication, by the way? Because this is something when I looked at your website and, you know, I saw that there's a lot about, you talk a lot about uh, communicating with charisma. And I found that really interesting. So is there maybe, I don't know, three tips because we don't have much time right now, but things that you could, you know, uh, share with the audience about how to communicate in a, in a more charismatic way. Yes. So it comes down, where do I start? It's a bit complex, but I give you the three tips. But before I want to, to, to set a basis okay. for that, the first thing to understand with communication is that it's a pure inside out job. So you can learn a lot of techniques, but if you believe that you're not able to apply them, when you then apply them, it will not work. So, you know, all the pure skills trainings are nice, but only if you have set the ground to accept that you will be able to apply them. So that's the first thing. It's really a mental piece, first of all. But then there are obviously a few, if I have to just limit it to three things uh, in, in terms of communication, I think for me, the first thing is about listening. And it's over, all, always underestimated. Because usually when we think, oh, I'm sending out a great message when I'm communicating, it's all about sending the great message, mm -hmm. the targeted messages. It's not true. I think it's the exact opposite. You first have to listen and learn to listen. And then you can indeed shape a message that is pretty impactful, but only if you listen first, mm -hmm. not if you just shape a message because you think this is powerful. That's not working. So people underestimate that totally listening. And true listening leads also to to be somehow charismatic because then you're fully present if you really, really try to understand what the other person is saying and not just already searching for the answer, really listening and having the courage that there's a blank because you do not have the answer right away. <laughs> you have listened simply. You have listened. So that is a good sign, <laughs> listening first. Second one is good communication is about connecting with the other person. It's not about sending, again, not the sending piece, it's this connection piece. Mm -hmm. And even in situations where you believe it's more of a presentation situation, so more of a monologue, try to be interactive. Ask questions where people raise their arms or something like that to make it immediately interaction and immediate interaction and to connect with this audience, to not just mm -hmm. sending, 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 but this makes you again listening and this is an outward focus and the energy that you send out will be different than when you just stick to your presentation, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. And the third one, I think that is something that you can apply to everything you ever do, every email basically as well. It's about what is my intent of this communication? Mm. Do I want to create, what do I want to achieve? And be clear about, I want to shape an intent that is a win for me. Yes, most likely we do that. But that is also a win for the other person or the group. Mm -hmm. What is the win for them actually mm -hmm. what is in what is in it for them each time I ask you that like a marketing guru who's always asking when you promote a product what's in it for them for yeah. the client same thing what's in it for them and have this intense thing in mind and that it's just a win-win that you want to create mm -hmm. not just sending out your message from your perspective which most people do naturally and that lands sometimes if you're lucky and most of the times it doesn't or only partly <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I really like that because what you like those three things, those three like pieces of advice that you just shared, they really have this thing in common of basically um, letting your ego aside, 
putting it aside and focusing more on the other person. Yeah. That's basically the message here, no? Yes. And, yes. Um, and also, you know, there was something. So, so I I got a certification in NLP, and I think you do too. <laughs> um, and I there's one thing they were saying always was that people like people who are like them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and. I find that really interesting because even yesterday, as I was watching a stand-up show on Netflix, you know, at first I was kind of judging the person. And, and we always do that without even realizing it's subconscious. We just judge, you know, we put someone in a category, in a box. And as soon as the guy started uh, talking about certain things, like funny things that he does, that I was like, oh, I can identify myself with that because I do that as well, you know, um, then Suddenly, like I, I switched my perception on this person and I was like, this is so interesting to be aware and to notice that because it's, you know, I think when you're looking at, at connecting with someone, it's also about that. It's understanding that, you know, you're both human beings and that you have way more in common than it might look like at first. And when you are able to listen, to connect, you know, then you can realize what you have in common with that person as well and this is when you you get to be also way more um i don't know intentional and uh efficient in your communication yeah so people are gonna, gonna are gonna listen to you more if they feel like they have a connection with you already you know that that famous rapport creating <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a famous rapport exactly people want to be listened to and people are not listened to most mm -hmm. of the time so if you do it, you stand out. So people often ask me, how can I stand out? You know, I feel like I'm not standing out. That's one of the things. And it's super simple. It just requires attention and a bit of time and patience and not putting yourself into the spotlight first, but then the others. And, and then and then things change. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting phenomenon. <laughs> and it's about, yeah, it's, it's about giving your most valuable resource, which is actually your time. That's something yes. that you will never get back. So when you give time to someone, that's something that people appreciate immediately, you know. Um, what would you advise women uh, who are currently unhappy at work mm -hmm. and they're scared to, to leave and maybe lose their status? Um, you know, because I think especially with your experience, it, it would be really useful to have this, this kind of, uh, <laughs> of perception or, you know. So, so, yeah, what do you advise those women? So if they're scared about their status, so if they're unhappy at work, that's, that's certainly these external circumstances, they come in. Um, if they're scared about losing their status, which is also financially, potentially, or, or the role they have, I think they should, first of all, ask themselves really where they're at in reality. Mm -hmm. or Because often when we have that feeling that we are scared, we underestimate ourselves and we do not see our full qualities anymore. And in positions where you're unhappy, this happens very often because the unhappiness creates a toxic environment for yourself and that diminishes over time your self-confidence and you yes. don't even realize it mm -hmm. and that's the whole point stepping out and taking really a step back either with a coach that's very helpful to just you know someone is asking you questions which you cannot really ask yourself that much and if you can't do that just imagine that someone who is very 
positive about you, speaks about you at work, how you are. You have certainly at least one colleague who really appreciates you. Mm -hmm. and, and you really describe yourself from that perspective, write it even down and see this other light on you to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you see, wow, over time, I got so much caught up with this idea that I'm not good enough and I'm criticized all the time and that I'm not, I don't have leadership potential or I'm not a good writer, I'm not a good speaker. Everything that your boss is telling you or others who are keeping you small mm -hmm. and to really work against that and find out what are what your true strengths are not the ones that you now think because you are in this limiting box mm -hmm. but step out of the box and look at yourself from another perspective what were you good at 10 years mm -hmm. ago before you I had that now. role even now i'm yeah. sure there's still things yes, that now there also out. yeah but you go into different different time zones in your life because you will you, you will see well i still have that i just mm -hmm. don't use it anymore mm -hmm. um, really go change the perspectives in times who's looking at you so you can just imagine to be someone else these kind of things help you to see yourself again in a different light mm -hmm. and you have you have qualities everybody has them this is why you got this role in the first place or the role before and being scared about losing the role i think is not necessary in that sense that when you understand that you can do something you have competencies you have qualities then you can generate this courage and confidence again to go for something else because if the environment is toxic seriously let it go you shouldn't be even scared to leave it you should be happy that you can leave it and go into another yeah. place with a new confidence that is the, that is the thing yeah. yeah and i feel like it goes back to that people pleasing tendency of you know, always seeking that validation and, and being the good little girl, right? <laughs> Which we grew up with, that, that idea that, oh, no, just do it. This is the idea of success, you know, and just stick to that. Don't, don't try to do something crazy or... And, and sometimes I'm not telling uh, the audience right now, you know, to be reckless and just quit their job without a plan. Like, I'm not, I'm not encouraging people to do that either. That's what I did and it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> um i mean everything turned out great anyways but i i definitely agree with what you're saying of coming back to your strengths coming back to understanding who you are and when you can look at that already like building more self-confidence and and you also and self-trust it's not just self-confidence i think it's mm -hmm. it's really that self-trust piece of okay i can make my own decisions and they're the right ones for me you know, I don't need I don't need anyone to tell me if this is a good idea or not. I know what's good for me because I know myself and I know what I enjoy. Yes, exactly. Following your intuition also a bit because, you know, by instinct and women are very good in that usually, mm -hmm. you know, by that's instinct, our superpower what... and we don't use it. <laughs> Because we think, oh, is, is it reliable? It is reliable, really. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that we have, many have just lost how to connect with it. Mm. But yeah, trust your instinct. And if you feel bad about going to work every morning, then you should absolutely change something. And as you say, not not like you, you, you hand in your letter of resignment tomorrow. No, not like that. But prepare yourself for that. Mm. And maybe by while preparing yourself in the sense that you find out who you are, why, why you also accepted so long to be in that role. There are reasons for that. Mm -hmm. So to really understand this bigger picture of yourself 
it might be that suddenly in your role you're a completely different person and suddenly it works out can be as well so mm-hmm. that happens too <laughs> because true. you become more assertive you become mm-hmm. more sure more self-trust and you assert yourself in that role and mm-hmm. that can be as things change and yeah. miracles happen sometimes sometimes yeah. the boss which was a big disaster for you then changes and goes into another company and suddenly the world is a different one so just try and it's really about being being nice to yourself give yourself the means to develop give yourself the strength also to go for something new and for something that is empowering for yourself mm-hmm. nice thank you um so if anyone hearing this listening to to this episode wants to get in touch with you wants to find out about you know your services everything you have to offer where can they find you So the easiest is to go on my website, which is my name, which is a complicated name. <laughs> Ulrike Seminati. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it is. UlrikeSeminati.com. Uh, you find there also access to my top 10 achievers lessons, uh, which is a, a magazine basically. And it's really about the top 10 achievers lessons that I created specifically for women in corporations. Mm-hmm. It's what they can do to just feel good about themselves and achieve what they want to achieve. Um, and yes, I'm on Instagram, I have regular feed there. There you find also everything about my podcast on Instagram. It's Empowering Female Leaders. My podcast is called Empowering Female Leaders. And even my LinkedIn is called Empowering Female Leaders. So you find everything there. Um, and so I, I'd be pleased to hear from you. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, amazing. I'm going to put make sure to, to put all of those links uh, in the show notes of this episode. So, so you can uh, find Ulrike uh, you know, very easily. And, uh, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, which is, again, the most valuable resource. Thank you for your energy and, uh, and all the empowering messages that you shared today with us. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye.